0: Welcome to Friends with Cinefits. I am your host, Alex McAllister. Thank you for joining. This week, we have a repeat guest. He was on episode 5, which was Hereditary. And we talked about then we're going to do the director, Ari Aster's other movie. So, welcome back, Kane Dennis. Thank you for having me again. It feels good to be back. Yeah, glad to have you back. Um, I've been... Looking forward to this ever since episode 5. Me too. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. um, I'm... Like I said, this is Ari Aster's second movie. We did his first one, so... um, I'm probably not going to go into Ari Aster's background much for this, because we already went over it in episode 5, so... um, If you guys are listening to this and haven't listened to episode 5, then I definitely recommend it, and... I also recommend hereditary as a movie i so. think uh, yeah i agree i think that these two movies work really well together yeah they're kind of two uh,
1: sides of the same coin i see them as
0: yeah um they definitely hit on some of the same topics which is something i was going to kind of hit on later is i hope in his next movie he kind of does something different because uh, both of these kind of touch on grief and i'd just like to see him um explore other topics i guess but with that being said, um, I think mostly we're going to cover the director's cut. We'll talk about the differences. Um, but we're just nerds, so we like director's cuts. Um, do you have anything to say about director's cuts for like people listening um, that might just be like, oh, that's probably just like a longer, more boring version? I do you actu- have anything to say? I actually do. I think that um, they're not usually a necessity, and
1: it kind of depends on the movie. But I always really enjoy them. Like, if I have the choice between a theatrical cut and a director's cut, I'll always watch the director's cut. Especially yeah, if I've already way. seen the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Like, I know um, this is kind of the big one that gets talked about a lot, but the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings movies... Yeah. Those are amazing director's cuts. Mm-hmm. And it makes the movies a
0: whole lot longer, but you really kind of get the full intended effect Exactly. With that. And I think probably the main reason why the director's cuts are like the official versions are just because um, you know the movie studios are like okay we can't fit a three hour long movie like that can only show maybe three times during a day at a movie theater if you shorten it then we can show it four times and make more money Um, and directors I don't know that's why I like director's cuts because they're like this is what I intended this is what I wanted In this case, Ari Aster wanted a four-hour movie. Uh, This director's cut is only two hours and 50 minutes, I think. So, it's much shorter. I would definitely like to watch a four-hour version of this. I would, too. I'd be definitely watching
1: that if it were available. But I get (laughs) why they don't do it. Because, like you said, with theaters, they got to make the money. And you can't Mm -hmm. have a movie that will only show once or twice a day. Mm -hmm. You could be showing it more.
0: Yep, so... With that being said, I'm going to get into the background on Midsummer. Ari Aster, the director, calls it Midsummer, but I don't want to feel pretentious and always (laughs) say that, so I'm going Midsummer. Um, By the way, if you guys are listening to this and haven't seen it, it's available on Prime Video, so I definitely check it out. I don't think it's for everyone. Um, Definitely not yeah the Rotten tomatoes is eighty three percent which I would say is accurate because it's one of those like you either like it or you don't yeah um,
1: hereditary is messed up, but midsummer just kind of takes things to a lot more of an uncomfortable level
0: for sure yes uh i I don't I never did drugs or drank or anything much, and then I saw midsummer in the movie theaters, and I thought someone slipped something into my popcorn and I was just like. <laughs> What is going on right now? Like they have effects to like make the backgrounds all wavy. The trees look like they're breathing. It's crazy. Yeah. And they it's slip an that experience. kind of stuff in throughout the entire movie. It's not just yeah. during the initial like drug trip sequence. Yeah. Um pretty awesome. But anyways. Uh like I said, it has an eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's the critic score, and I think the audience score is like sixty percent. Which again, I can see. Um I guess I'm going to... This is spoilers, by the way. But I'm also going to spoil my opinion of the movie. This is my favorite movie ever. Um, it was Mad Max Fury Road. For some reason. I don't know. These are two very different movies. Uh, but then I saw this. And like I said, like this is just... When you watch it, it's an experience. And yes. I've never... Um, I never had anything like that while watching a movie. And... I also was disappointed the first time I saw this after watching Hereditary, but on multiple rewatches. I don't know. I love it. But I understand why people don't.
1: Yeah, I, I get the disappointment initially because mm-hmm. I I was a huge fan of Hereditary, as you know. And I went and saw this and I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. This is different. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different type of feeling that this gives you, but at the end, it just wraps up perfectly. Like, yeah. the final frame of this movie is unforgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, unforgettable. And I didn't think I liked it as much as Hereditary after watching it the first time as well. And I still don't know which one I would say is better, but
0: okay.
1: I like Midsummer a lot more now than I did after my first watch.
0: Yeah, I would say, like critically, I think Hereditary is better, but I like *Midsummer* a lot more. That's Just definitely it's definitely understandable. Yeah, it's more fun. And, like, they're two completely different types of horror movies. Um, I don't even think Ari Aster, from the interviews I've watched with him, he, like, doesn't call *Midsummer* a horror movie. He did say it was, like, The Wizard of Oz on acid or something. Yeah. Um, which sounds pretty fun, but... Yeah, like, this is more... We'll get into it, but this is less of your, like, stereotypical horror movie than yeah. Hereditary is. Like,
1: with Hereditary, you get the creepy house, you've got all the demonic-type stuff. But with this, you're out in an open field, and it's bright most of the time. It takes yeah. place most, mostly during the day. You get a little bit more than nighttime stuff in the director's cut than theatrical, mm-hmm. but...
0: So, if this movie... Was shot entirely at night. Do you think it would be a horror movie? Because I do. Oh, I think it would be. Yeah, I also don't think I'd like it as much. Same. Um, yeah, there's something eerie about like all this stuff happening in broad yeah. daylight. There's a deep contrast that yeah. if it was happening at night, it would feel more natural.
1: Mm-hmm. But because it is taking place in broad daylight, it's just like, wow, this is—they're not even trying to hide this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, I'll get more back into the pre-movie section, as I call it. The budget for this was $9 million, and the box office was $48 million, so it made a bunch of money, which is good to hear. Um, Ari Aster was approached by B-Real Films, which is a Swedish company, and they said, hey, we want someone to direct a slasher movie set in Sweden and i think originally he said no and then he ended up um it was while he was editing hereditary he was going through a nasty breakup and wrote this and i think that's kind of funny imagine being the person that like he was dating and then yeah he writes this <laughs> this is traumatic about breakup movie <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny um yeah, this, this is definitely a breakup movie, by the way, to the listeners if you haven't seen it yeah, or just, if you just watched it.
1: Just like how Hereditary is a family drama, this is a breakup movie.
0: Yeah, um, and we'll get more into the dynamics of that relationship. Um, so I guess I'll just start out with Florence Pugh, who I talked about at length on the previous episode, Little Women, because um, I love her. She's incredible in this.
1: Yeah, uh, she, she is awesome. I have not yet seen Little Women, but now that you have that
0: episode out, I'm going to watch it so that I can listen to it. So yeah. I don't want to have it ruined. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've heard it's, it's great. Awesome. Um, she was also in Lady Macbeth Fighting with the Family, which is good, and she's going to be in the Black Widow movie coming up. Yep. Um, which I'm excited for. I wouldn't have. When I heard they were making a Black Widow movie, I was like, ah, I don't really plan on watching it. Then I heard Florence Pugh's in it. Got to watch it. Yeah. Um, I did watch an interview. I think with her and Ari Aster, and Jack Rayner, um, and they asked like how she got her role, and Ari said he wanted Florence as soon as he saw her in Lady Macbeth. He's like, she's perfect for this. I want to work with her, but she was filming um little Little Drummer Girl, which is like a mini series, and then. While she was filming that, they, like, ended up Skyping, and they both just agreed to it. They're like, okay, we're going to do this movie together, and they didn't even tell their agents. They just agreed. They're like, okay, we're doing this. We'll talk to our agents and get everything settled out, but, like, we both want to do this, which I think was pretty cool. Um, she plays Danny in this, who goes through... Actually... I'm going to read the synopsis, because it kind of... Yeah, it starts with that. Um, After a family tragedy, a young American couple joins some friends at a midsummer festival in a remote Swedish village. What begins as a carefree summer holiday takes a sinister turn when the insular villagers invite their guests to partake in festivities that grow increasingly unnerving and viscerally disturbing. So yeah, she has a traumatic family experience. And ends up going on this trip with her boyfriend, who is his name's Christian, who is played by Jack Rayner. Um, how did you feel about him as an actor in this? I, I think that um, sometimes his delivery is
1: not up to par to what it should yeah. be. I like him, but he's very, hes a very like believable normal person. Like he doesn't come across as like a Hollywood actor type guy. Yeah, and I—I noticed that mostly in the uh, nighttime scene after the river ritual Mm -hmm.
0: where they're talking yeah he just was not up to the level that florence pia was in that scene yeah and i also like i did notice that but i kind of wondered if that's his take on his character as in like florence is also much more in this relationship than he is and so it's kind of similar exactly yeah i guess his acting um the one scene for me that stuck out that I didn't like his acting in was Um I guess I'll just spoil the scene or whatever, but these people jump off of a cliff to their death. And everyone's like freaking out and he does this thing the listeners won't be able to see it. He like puts his hand on his stomach. Yeah. He he opens his eyes wide and then just exhales. He's like, Woo, what? I just saw something crazy. But it wasn't like a what the heck did I just see? Like, he yeah. should have been. His just panic like a, isn't to the same level wow. as
1: everybody else's.
0: Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't like that, but I guess it also kind of fits with his character. Yeah. But I don't know. It looked to me like someone says, act like you saw something crazy and you're surprised. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that was crazy. You know? Woo. Yep, that exact thing. Uh, but other than that, like, I really liked him in this he's very hateable very Um, but also like I kind of understand where he comes from because essentially he's on this him and Danny are on this like teeter totter relationship he wants to break up with him that's how the movie starts is like his friends are saying dude just break up with her already yeah and he says you know what if I do and then I can't get her back um, And then she has her family tragedy, which we'll get into in a bit. and then after that it's like, okay, you you can't break up with her right no, You after can't do that, that. <laughs> like, So I understand where he's coming from, but also he makes things so much worse throughout the movie.
1: Yeah, I always thought he's very apathetic. He just
0: doesn't really care.
1: Like you said, he's kind of just there. Like, his his effort is not up to the level of hers at all in the relationship. But I never really thought that his fate at the end, even though it's very symbolic, Mm -hmm. I never really thought it was justified. As much as I love that
0: scene, I don't know that he deserves what happens to him. I I can see that. Um, Yeah, he... Not for how he treats her in the relationship, I don't think, but... yeah. Um. Ari Aster also describes this as a fairy tale if you look at it from Danny's perspective. And so I guess you can see, if you look at it that way, like she, you know, she starts out, all these people are being mean to her who are supposedly her friends and then as the movie progresses she meets this other family, becomes a princess or whatever and then all those people are tortured. So If you look at it from that, I guess it kind of makes sense but yeah like i said from a symbolic
1: point of view it absolutely makes sense and the ending of the movie that last scene is just
0: incredible so whatever has to
1: happen for us to get to that point i'm fine with i guess
0: yeah um but since i watched it i think ari said when he watches it he can't look at it as anything else other than a fairy tale now yeah and so this time when i watched it I was watching it as a fairy tale, and I think it just made me like the movie even more. Um, but I guess we'll get more into stuff about the movie. Um, Jack Raynor also, um, he was in On the Basis of Sex and Transformers: Age of Extinction. <laughs> our that's listener, I, that's
1: the only thing I'd seen him in before.
0: <laughs> yeah, our listener Lance Inkenbrandt, he loves Transformers movies, so he definitely knows Jack Raynor. I'm going to edit this out. He doesn't like Transformers <laughs> movies, but it's a joke. Nice. Um, and then he also directed his own movie. I can't remember what it's called. It's some, it's not in English. The name of it isn't, but Will Poulter stars in it, who is in this movie as Mark. He's kind of the comic relief. Um, it's a bine or bine. Yeah. It's like
1: Irish, I think. I've got IMDb up, so... Nice.
0: Um, Yeah, Will Poulter's the star in that. Um, Everybody knows him from We Are the Millers. I watched this with friends, and they were just like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Um, He was also in The Revenant, um, the Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Yeah, the interactive movie thing. Yeah. Um, And one of the Maze Runners. I liked the Maze Runner books, so... I remember seeing him in the movie. And then... I guess the only other notable actor in this would be William Jackson Harper as Josh. He plays Cheedy in The Good Place. And he's in Patterson with Adam Driver, which is pretty good. I like Adam Driver, so I watched it. Nice. Um, I've heard that's good. I've not seen it, though. Yeah. He is a dueling anthropologist with Christian. He is much more of the... Um. I, how do I say it? Like the actual caring?
1: Yeah, he is the one who's really putting the work in, and Christian's really just trying to kind of rip him off to make his yeah. job easier.
0: Yeah, which, I don't know, going to... Us growing up, going to school, going to college, I definitely... There's people like Christian out there. Um, But hey, what can you do? Yep. <clears throat> so, do you have anything else to talk about, or do you want to just jump into the movie? In in the pre-movie thing, I've
1: got one more thing to say. Is Whenever okay. the first trailer for this came out, there were white aspect ratio letterboxes in the trailer. Do you remember that? No. No? No. And so, rather than having black letterboxes, they were going to be white to kind of highlight mm-hmm. the brightness of the movie, and I really wish they would have kept that. But okay. um, from what I've I heard, d- test audiences didn't get it. Okay. They were like, "Why is there white lines on the screen?" So they they took it out. Interesting, I did not
0: know that. Yeah, if you, so thank you. if you go on YouTube and look at the first trailer for Midsummer, you can mm-hmm. see that. Cool. I'm going to check that out immediately after this. Um, yeah, normally I watch the trailers before recording. I guess I didn't because I just watched the movie and I know it so well. But yeah, yeah. Um, I did also hear in the trailer there was a scene where um, Christian is levitating uh, it, like shows his feet off the ground or something um, during his sex scene he like levitates over but Ari Aster said he cut that because people would probably not understand like he wasn't physically levitating that was just part of like what was going on in yeah. his mind and he was like I don't think the audience would understand that so he cut it But I think that would be kind of cool. I
1: think it would have been cool, too. It would have kept up the trend of people floating in A24 movies.
0: There you go, (laughs) yep. Hereditary, The Witch. Yep. um, First Reformed, even. I haven't seen that one. It's on my list. It's very, very good. Cool. So, I guess with that, we'll just dive right into the movie. I guess the place to start is her tragedy. Um, The movie starts on... I guess a shot of her she's talking on the phone to her friend and she's talking about her sister or no she's talking about Christian um and her sister I think that's not very important but she's like she's telling her friend she doesn't think Christian's like in it for the relationship like for the long run and then she ends up calling Christian and is like hey are we still hanging out tonight he's like I don't did we plan on it And then she, like, brings up her sister, who's bipolar, and has been sending weird messages. And Christian's just like, oh, you know, she always does this just because you let her. He's just very dismissive of it. Yeah. And then um, he gets off the phone, and he's eating pizza with Josh and Mark and Pele, who's their friend from Sweden. Yeah the exchange student um, and they're all like dude why don't you just break up with her and actually one of the jokes I like was um, the waitress comes over and she, they like share a look and Mark was like see you could be getting does he say like getting her pregnant he you could or, be getting that girl pregnant right now yeah exactly I don't know why but that was funny to me um, Mark does kind of only serve as comic relief in this yeah he, he, he is and I
1: noticed one thing that made me laugh is I think there's more shots of him vaping in the director's cut and every time I see him vaping I'm just like man that's goofy <laughs> yeah, it's just so it doesn't go along
0: with what you're seeing at all it's just funny it's very out of place especially yeah. in Sweden but so they're doing that and he gets another call and it says it's from Danny and they're like dude is that really her again And then, you know, they're like, you got to break up with her. Something's wrong. And he answers it, and it's just her screaming no. She's like, no, 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 no. And then it cuts to, um, I guess, the fire department at her parents' house. And there's tubes hooked up to the car engines, and the cars are running. And they go up to her parents' room, and the tubes, like, are duct taped to under the door. And it's duct taped so no air can get out. And then you see that her parents are dead from that. Yep. And one of the weird things I noticed, I was watching a movie, I don't even remember which movie, the other day. But um, every time someone dies, they put them in a body bag and it's halfway zipped so you can see the face. And then they zip it all the way. Yep. Why do you leave it halfway <laughs> zipped? Other I don't- than... dramatic effect i think i guess it's literally (laughs) just i guess the sim the symbolism of oh this person's gone yeah you zipping them closed in a way i don't know i just that makes me mad for some reason since i noticed it that's not how it really goes you know yeah um and then it like it's also a nice one shot like it starts in the garage and then it goes all the way upstairs and then it like backs out it goes over to... It follows another tube down, and it's her sister. She duct-taped a tube, like, down her throat. Um, and then she's, like, sitting next to the computer where she was sending Danny the cryptic messages. She was like, everything's all black. Yeah. Mom and dad are gone, too. Or, I don't know. And she something. says
1: they're coming, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Danny's whole family is dead in a murder-suicide. Which actually, yep. before this, before the movie even starts, it shows, like, artwork. And the artwork is literally the plot of the movie. Yep. Um, and it
1: opens up like curtains at a theater,
0: too. Yeah. Um, so, like, on the left side, it shows... I think it's, like, a skull or something, and then there's, like... It looks like a tree or, like, limbs coming off of it, and it's, like, wrapped around the throats of... Um, Like three people, which was her sister, mom, and dad. Um, And then it just goes through the entire plot of the movie, which I didn't notice while watching. I was just like, oh, it's cool artwork. Um, I love those jump cuts, too, at the
1: beginning that match up with the phone ringing where it zooms into the house.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice it. Like, I didn't make note of it, but now yeah. that you mentioned it I can remember.
1: Yeah, you hear the phone ring each time and each time it cuts in closer to the house. Mm-hmm. And I also love how after you see the sister dead, it slowly zooms into the window until all you see is the snow. Yes. And then that music kicks in and it's the credit yep. sequence. I can I think just, of the music. And it's all, all the text is so small and it just blends mm-hmm. in with the snow and I thought it was really cool how they did yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Um, the music in this also they, it was all original music. They had someone uh, I guess create it yeah, for this. It was Bobby Kurlick that did the music for yeah. this. Yes, um, and like at the end, it's all just like one long song that really like yeah sums up the whole movie. Like I don't know, the ending of this is incredible, and the music adds to it. So wanted to point that out. Um, there were so when her family dies, like it shows christian like walking over in the snow and you can tell like he has that look in his eyes he's just like oh fuck like what do i do like you know what yeah what can you do in that situation like this your girlfriend's entire family was just dead in a murder suicide um and then he goes and like it's just her weeping kind of like tony collette does i was gonna
1: say yeah it's very similar there's a lot of crying in this movie too
0: (laughs) yeah um It's just her, like, screaming, and he's just holding her. And, like, um, I did see the interview with him. They asked him about that. They were like, how intense was that scene? And, like, how hard was that for you? And he's like, for me, it wasn't hard at all. Like, he's like, Florence is literally just crying and screaming. And he's like, I just wanted her to feel better. (laughs) So you're just, like, hugging her. Yeah. Uh, Which I, I don't know how she got. There's so many times in this movie where it's, like, Kind of like Hereditary. It I don't know real. how they get into that place. Like, how do you act that? Those feelings. Oh, yeah. I don't Tracy. know how you just turn that
1: off and on. Yeah, that's um, it's extreme. It really is. Ex- yeah, like she like pushes he, herself to the limit in this movie.
0: Yeah, you got to go s- to some deep dark places to get there. I guess. Um, yeah, she's incredible. But anyways, um, there is. So after that, they're still dating. And they go to a party, like, she she doesn't go to school or, anymore, uh, or anything anymore. She mentions later, she's like, yeah, they're kind of giving me a pass because, you know, my whole family died. Um, but they were going to go to a party, and Christian's like, hey, I'm going to this party just for a couple minutes, you just stay here and rest. And she's like, no, I'll go. Um, and also, like, she's always just wearing, like, sweatpants and stuff in this movie, which I think... Pretty accurate. Yeah, definitely. um, Makes it feel more real. Yeah. When you're feeling sad, you're not going to be all dressed up, I guess. Um, But yeah, she goes to that party and they like spill. They're like, oh, yeah, we're all going to Sweden in two weeks for a month and a half. And you see, like, Danny look over at her boyfriend while this conversation's going on and he just like nods at her and then he keeps going and um, I think in the car ride home or whenever they get home she's like I didn't know you were going to Sweden he's like well we talked about it which actually this shot I loved it it was in her apartment and it shows like she's standing there at the doorway yeah, and he's in the reflection of the mirror Um, when I watched this with friends they did say multiple times like there's a lot of um shots with like reflection in this i guess like shots at a mirror and that was the first one that oh yeah we really noticed
1: where you think that you're looking straight at her
0: yeah but um once
1: he comes up you realize that you're looking in the mirror yeah Yeah, that shot's amazing yeah i thought that too
0: it happens again with um the josh character when he's taking pictures of the book yeah Um, there's like a reflection you see someone walking in behind him um which I thought was cool. But anyways. It's got to be hard um,
1: to do that, not having the camera or any boom mics or anything in the reflection. Like, they got to uh, yeah. plan that out very well,
0: you'd think. That wouldn't yeah. be easy. That's one thing I never understand is how mirror shots work. I'm sure now you can just, like, edit stuff out. Yeah. You know? But there's a couple things in this Like, there's a sex scene in this movie. It, like, you see every angle of the sex scene. I don't understand how they're not actually having sex. Yeah. But I don't know. That's what I would yeah, ask if they, I
1: ever interviewed. Like how they do you... really simulate everything pretty well. It's like Yeah I'd be
0: like, where Extremely do you close? put the penis? <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my analysis of this movie. Where do you put the penis? There you go. Um, anyways, sorry grandma if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they have this weird it's like a tense argument about He's going to Sweden and didn't tell her, and she is like, you know, you mentioned it, but you never told me. And you can tell he's just like frustrated, and he's trying to leave. And then she just starts apologizing, yeah. Which first off, there's so many times in this movie where she apologizes, and she didn't do anything wrong.
1: Yeah, she she's trying to make things better for him when it a lot of times should be the other way around.
0: Yeah, which actually the first time I watched this, I was kind of on Christian's side. I was like. You just want to go hang out with the boys, and, like, this girl is like, well, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. And, like, they both know that this relationship's not going to work out in the long run. Yep, but they're both just sticking with it because they (laughs) feel like they should have to. Yeah, my first watch, I was definitely like, dude, just break up with her and go out there with your boys. Yeah. And then he ends up lying, and he was like, well... Is gonna be a surprise, but <laughs> yeah, I got you a ticket too. And then she's like, What? Really? And then he, it like cuts to a scene. He's hanging out with his friends, and then he's like, Hey guys, Danny's on her way up here. And they're like, Okay. I told cool. her, but she's not actually coming. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, Just so you know, I told her about Sweden and she's not actually coming. And then they're like, What? What do you mean? Like, she doesn't wanna go? And he's like, I told her, and she thinks she's going, but she's not actually going to go. And then they're just like, um... Okay. And then she walks in, and it's like super awkward. Yeah. The only person that actually talks to her is Pele, the um, Swedish exchange student. So there's definitely
1: a reason for that.
0: Yeah, and then um, he like sits her down, and they're just talking, which... This scene is actually longer in the director's cut. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. Yeah, the main um, thing
1: I think about with that scene is the transition from walking into the bathroom in the apartment to the bathroom yeah. in the airplane. I that's
0: I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, when I was watching that with my friends, my friend was like, "That's a weird bathroom for an apartment." I was like, "No." <laughs> yeah. She's in an airplane. He's. I don't. It was something like that. I was like, "It's yeah." She's in an airplane now. Um. But yeah Pele makes the mistake not even mistake I think it's it actually speaks to like an ongoing theme of this movie is everyone else isolates her and then the people pretty much Pele's from Sweden Um, they're all going there to go to his family's midsummer festival and it's pretty much a cult Like, you can tell from watching this, like, this is a cult movie. Um, Pretty much the whole cult, including Pele, they always just treat her with, like, warmth. And you can tell, like, he's like, I was sorry to hear about your family. And it, like, shakes her because, like, no one else has asked her that. Yeah, not even Christian. Yeah. From what we see, anyway. Yeah, I can understand her being uncomfortable with that, obviously. But also, like, I feel like that's... A time when she's just like holy crap like no one's asked me that like does this, this, this person actually cares I don't want to talk about it but like yeah. I don't know or at this least it seems sweet. like he cares yeah um which I think he does I guess there's we'll get into it later um at the end once we've talked about everything but um yeah, she freaks out, goes to the bathroom, then cuts to her in an airplane bathroom. She comes out, and she's on the airplane to uh, Sweden. So it's funny. He's like, yeah, she's not coming, and then, yeah, it <laughs> cuts yep. to her on an airplane. <laughs> um, and then they they, like, get in a car and go to the family's area or whatever. Did you notice that the car... Uh, dialogue was longer in the director's yes, cuts? and you yeah. see you see um the book that Josh has
1: that's um it's about like the like um runic languages and stuff. It's got the mm-hmm. swastika on it, so that kind of shows a little bit more about him already researching mm-hmm. everything before they go there, with him yeah. caring about the thesis. There's a lot more yep. focus on the thesis in the director's
0: cut. <clears throat> yeah, there is. it's it's um, kind
1: of just an aside in the theatrical. It doesn't get mm-hmm. focused
0: on as much. Yep, um, and also there's a cool. I guess camera angle in the car because it'll cut like it had it was showing Danny um so in the backseat it was Danny, Christian, and Josh. Um and the way the camera was, you could only see Danny and Christian in the backseat and you couldn't see Josh. And then she asked him like, Oh, are you doing your thesis on this? Or no, she asked what's he reading and then it like pans over. Yeah to them and it doesn't show Danny and then whenever she talks back it like slowly pans back to her for her to respond and I don't know I noticed that and thought they, it was awesome
1: they kind of do that later too like when Mark says are we just going to ignore the bear because you yeah. can't see that there's a bear there and it just slowly pans over there's a bear in a cage <laughs> Yeah. They, he kind of hides things right out of you that mm-hmm. the characters know about before you do and I think that's a pretty cool effect
0: yeah um, but the uh car dialogue i guess they just kind of talk about the thesis a little bit more yeah um and there's some lines one-liners from mark where he just talks about the girls or whatever (laughs) yeah he gets to be a bit more
1: comedic in that you get you get to see a bit more of him in this than you did the theatrical
0: yeah um the people i was watching it with they hated his character what did you think about him
1: i think he's fine I think yeah. he, he serves his purpose perfectly pretty much. Yeah. Like he doesn't really need to be there. He's just there to hang out and mm. he's just kinda goofing off.
0: Yeah, you can tell like he wants to go party. I don't I don't know the cities over there. Because he, he wants like, to go to Stockholm. Yeah, that's it. He's where like, We're was.
1: driving through <laughs> Stockholm, right? They're like, No, we're not going there. He's like, Oh, I thought we were going there.
0: Yeah, and so you can tell like whenever they get to the i guess location where the festival is um they offer like mushrooms and he's just pumped because yeah he's just there to have fun like he's not there to do his thesis or anything he's the only one that's there to have fun so um i did like whenever they took the shrooms actually i guess before that they offer the mushrooms and danny's like you know what i'm not gonna worry about it like i'm not gonna i'm gonna wait a little bit i just want to get my footing and then christian when they offer him he's just like no danny wants to get her footing so we're gonna wait like he puts the blame he makes it her her fault yeah and then they're just like he's like yeah we'll take some in a little bit and they're like no we'll have two completely different trips and then like he doesn't say anything and it's just on danny to be like okay okay we can take them now i'm sorry and that's another time where it's just like (laughs) why are you doing that man and, like, and then mark
1: he's like are you sure like <clears throat> after he pressured her into doing it he's like are yeah. you sure you want to
0: i was just like he yeah. doesn't really care he just yeah wants to trip exactly um which i also liked when they are high mark is freaking out he's just like what time is it and like <laughs> it's 9 p.m and he's like but the sky is blue yeah i thought that was hilarious yeah um, i like that too and that's also the first time you get the, the trees breathing, as you mentioned, and then like it shows blades of grass like growing between. Yeah, I thought or that through was Danny's. Hands. That looks
1: awesome. Like through her feet and hands, you see grass yeah. just
0: coming up through. Yep. Um, and then, I think it's Mark. He was like, "You guys are like my family, my real actual family," and the word family just triggers Sets Danny. Sets her off. Yeah. And yeah, she just starts running. And she walks up to a group of people laughing and then she thinks that they're laughing at her so then she starts getting real sad. Um, and then she goes into that outhouse and sees the reflection of her sister. Yeah. That's another reflection. Um, her face gets all distorted and then she just runs and like passes out for the night. Um, I guess that's when I was like, oh, this is going to be like another horror movie. Like She's seeing stuff her sister was there I thought there'd be like a demon or something coming up yeah um it doesn't really stuff like that doesn't really happen again I guess yeah it
1: kind of goes back to the baseline until the cult starts doing the stuff like she goes she ends up going to the festival everything's fine Mm -hmm. up to a point
0: and which we also should mention it's her birthday yes like because whenever she wakes up she's like is it tomorrow and her boyfriend's like, yeah, from yesterday's perspective. And that's, like, I think you can see, at least I could see it, like, in her head, it clicking. Like, oh, so today's my birthday. But, like, she doesn't say anything. And yeah. then Christian ends up forgetting about it. Um, which is real awkward because they've been dating for four years. Yeah. Which he also gets he got, wrong. Yeah, he got the time they, wrong. He said it's a little <laughs> over three and a half. And she's like, no,
1: it's four. Definitely yeah. four
0: years. God, he's a bad boyfriend. Um, but anyways, um, I guess from here we'll just introduce the Harga Festival, like where they live. They actually built that. They said it was just a field, and then they had so the, they
1: got all the buildings and everything built there. Yeah, I um, love the buildings. The yeah, yellow temple, of course, is so iconic, cool. and all the paintings yeah. up in the ceilings and everything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. it gives you a lot to look at there's always something kind of hiding in the frame because like, the yeah. characters will be up front but there's all the paintings and stuff to see It
0: mm-hmm. gives you a lot true a lot of and detail. they Ariaster says they made their own like language of symbols for this and literally all of the like background characters and stuff have their own custom outfits with their own symbols for their characters that's cool yeah um, I didn't know that actually yeah so, I I would even buy a book if it was just like, here's all the symbols in the movie and here's what they mean. Yeah, like, I don't know, that's fascinating. I me. love
1: when people put that kind of thought into something. Like, creating yeah. a whole language, basically, for a movie. That's exactly. insane.
0: It's like Game of Thrones and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, awesome. Um, But, I can't remember anything really that happens the first day. I think the second day is the people jumping off of a cliff.
1: Yeah. The um, they call it a testipan or ateshtepan.
0: Yes. I just destroyed my mic with my water. So <laughs> sorry. Um yeah, cuz they're going to bed and he's like, "Yeah, tomorrow's the ateshtepan." And Josh, he's done his research. He knows um, what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, he's like like a real one. And Pele's like, yeah. And then he just, like, smirks. He's like, wow. Um, and everyone else is like, what is it? He just, like, shrugs. He's like, I guess you'll find out. Yeah. Which maybe he should have said, like, hey. He probably he should, should have, have said, this is people committing suicide. Yeah. Um, so how their religion, I guess, goes is the stages of life. So it's, like, 0 through 18, your child, 18 to 36, um, I don't remember. They they yeah. do it in seasons. Yeah,
1: you have your spring, which is where you're like a kid up till you're 18, and then yeah. summer is when you go out and do your yeah. pilgrimage, which, as we learn, is people trying to bring outsiders back. Yeah, like Pele is doing. And then you have your working years, which is fall, and then winter, which is like retirement,
0: basically up to your ceremony death, which is at the age of 72. And yep. they ask him, they're like, "Wait, what happens at 72?" And he does, like, the thumb across the throat thing. Like, you die. Um, and that's what happens at the test is these two people are 72 years old. Um, they go up to the top of this cliff, and then they jump down on these rocks. Um, the woman, hers goes smoothly. Yeah. The dudes. <laughs> Not so you much. Can tell, you can tell immediately, like, As soon as he steps off, you're like, dude, you're gonna just land on your legs, break your legs, like, not the way to go, bro. Uh, The gore effects in that scene are amazing.
1: Like, usually a movie would shy away from that, like, the lady jumping, like, just diving down onto that rock. It would usually cut and just show the reactions. But no, you, like, see her head explode.
0: Yeah. Um, And yeah, the guy, like, shows him break his legs, and, like... You can tell, like, everyone's freaking out. They're like, oh, shit, what's going on? And then they're like, get the mallet. They don't actually say that. <laughs> and everyone's, got like, this, screaming. Yeah, they got this <laughs> huge hammer. then they just walk over and take turns beating his brains in, and it, like, shows it. Um, yeah, it's pretty gory, which I liked. Um, one of the people I was watching it with, she was not a fan. She was like, oh, gosh. And I was just like. Yeah, I like a lot it more too. where that came from. In if this you're gonna movie. go for
1: it, go for it.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Um. So yeah, with that, everyone's like freaking out. Um. Guess we should mention there's. We talked about the main characters, like that's the main group that came from America. But there's other people their age, like other young adults who yeah, are like outsiders. They came from and Connie. London. Yeah, uh, they came from London, and. They're both freaking out. They're like, okay, we got to get out of here. Like, this is something's wrong. And that's how most people look at it, except I think Christian's kind of like, I think that's when he gets the maybe I want to do my thesis on something like yeah. this. Like, starts this to get is, interested. Yeah, I think it's he's never seen anything like that. He didn't know it existed, so he's like, i think i'm gonna do mine on this um also it's weird c- because josh is there specifically for his thesis and there's so many times when he asked pele a question and he's just like oh i'll tell you about it later yeah let and me ask the can, elders <clears throat> yeah and you can tell it's probably just because pele doesn't care because he's like he knows what's going to happen exactly. in the end. He got um, him there.
1: It doesn't matter if those questions could answer or not.
0: Yeah, like, you're here. Your purpose is going to be fulfilled. Um, which, I guess, we can spoil it now as most of them die. Um, it's kind of weird, so... Just times when they're eating, I think that was the first day. They're, like, they're sitting on a blanket or something having a picnic, and there's, like, a group of people running around. And that redhead chick, My, Mya, Maya or Maya, yeah. Um, she, like, flirtingly kicks Christian in the side, and then just like smiles at him. Uh, she's fifteen. They mention that, which I, is kind of creepy. I
1: never noticed that. Whenever I first saw it, was that mm-hmm. in the original too, where they say that that she's fifteen, or was that just director's cut? Um, that I'm not sure
0: because I hadn't. Um, if it was in the theatrical, I just missed it. I think he asks Pele who she is, and he's just like, oh, he's talking about her, and he's like, oh, she just had her, what's it called? It's yeah, there's some, there word. some he's long like, yeah, what's Swedish that? word for it. He's like, yeah, what's that? And he's like, oh, when you're 15, and you've had your, you've bled, you've had your period for the first time, um, then you enter into this group i guess which essentially yeah they refer to it as like a license basically yeah um yeah that's it he's like it's it's fine she can have sex because she's had her period which is so twisted yeah because yeah they say she's a lot of messed up stuff with their society yeah which actually whatever you want to call it, it now that i think about it i didn't even write this down but from my memory he says last year so i think she's 16 that's yeah I think you're right. Still still not great. No. <laughs> that one year doesn't really do much to make it oh, any better. No. Um, <laughs> but anyways, like, they have this weird dynamic going on because she's flirting with him, and he's, like, not into Danny anymore. Yeah. Um. And then Mark also has this girl that, like, smiles at him and... I don't know. He's always making jokes and wanting to hook up with her. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if she was ever even
1: named. I don't think she was.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. Um, But anyways, just... I wanted to bring that up so people know there's those relationships there. Yeah, Um, lots of
1: little awkward things going on. Yeah. And not even really behind the scenes. Like, it's easy to see, and I think Danny just kind of ignores it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So... I guess from a plot perspective i'm not sure how to proceed other than just kind of go with not the ending but i guess the build up and then the ending yeah um and then we can go into more like character motivations and stuff if that works for you absolutely yeah people kind of just start getting picked off one by one yeah it starts out with um connie and simon they they want to leave and this guy comes up to connie and he's like hey Simon left in the truck to go to the train station, um, but the truck will be back to pick you up. Yeah, and she's just like, "What the fuck?" Like, like he, he wouldn't, wouldn't do that. And then he's like, "I could." She's like, "I could just get in the truck with him. I could sit on his lap." And, and the guy's, guy's like,
1: "Well, we don't break traffic laws. Like, okay, yeah, yeah you
0: got people jumping off cliffs, but you're
1: not gonna exactly. break traffic laws. It's just, um, you know, what's happening at that point." Exactly,
0: and it was very awkward. Um, I don't think it shows her demise. Like. It doesn't,
1: but in the director's cut, you get to mm-hmm. see that river ritual where they're going to throw the kid in, Yes. and then they stop. Um, Connie's wearing the same outfit that that kid had on after yes. she's drowned, so you hear her scream later on, but you don't actually get to see what happens to her. But you get the context so you know, okay, they took her and drowned her in that yeah. same type of ceremony
0: exactly because they didn't end um, up doing it
1: with the kid but you know they're gonna do it to somebody
0: and it ended up being her that ceremony also I didn't like it at first like it was just like this kid volunteering to be sacrificed or yeah. whatever and then they like you have two men holding him and then they get this big boulder <laughs> yeah the big rock <laughs> and the kid just holds it they're like I was just like holy shit they're just gonna like throw him into the river and yeah. he's just gonna drown cause he has that rock and they tie his feet together too <laughs> yeah exactly um I don't know. It was weird. But I guess with that, like, that night scene, there's also a dramatic conversation between Danny and Christian that's really missing in the theatrical version,
1: yeah, I think. you you feel its absence, because it it's very important.
0: Yeah, because they, they, like, essentially break up, um, and then... The next day, it's because Danny's like, something's wrong here. Like, we got to leave. And Christian's like, you know what? You can leave. I'm not leaving. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, super tense. And then the next day, they see each other. And he just, like, walks up to her and kisses her. And without that dramatic scene that's cut out in the theatrical version, like it's just like, oh, he just walks up and kisses his girlfriend. Is like, hey, sorry, I've been... Acting so weird. Let's yeah. make this work. But like with the director's cut, you actually it builds on their relationship more, and yeah. like that kiss is actually much more emotional. To it watch. is, and
1: you get a lot more of a sense of knowing how scared she is, yeah. and that he just won't even budge. He's like, "Well, I'm staying. <laughs> like, you can just go. Like, how's she gonna go? Exactly. He knows she
0: can't just go leave. Yeah. He can't just walk um, out of there. Yeah, she." Even has a nightmare that they all leave without her, which was sad. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I really like how... I think that's probably the problem with the theatrical cut, is people are like, why aren't they trying to get out of there? And you don't see her being like, we have to get out of here. Exactly. Something's wrong. And at the Uh, end, where she picks him,
1: you know, in the theatrical version, like I said earlier, I didn't really think that... What happens to him was justified, mm-hmm. but in it in this with her no, him knowing that she's scared and wants to leave and him refusing that for her, I get it now. Yeah, like I completely
0: understand the motivations for her doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess since we've touched on that, we'll talk about um Will Poulter or Mark's death. <laughs> yeah, um, which essentially like I think he's just eating, and this girl's like. Hey, come with me. I can't remember what she says, but it's like, I'm going to show I'm you. I'm going to show you. Yeah. He's like, she's going to show me. Okay. Yeah. He's literally like, hey, guys, I'll be back. She's going to show me. And, like, <laughs> and then he just gets up and gone. <laughs> gets up and he's gone um, for forever. And then um, I do kind of want to talk about real quick the thesis argument between Josh oh, yeah. and Christian because Christian comes up to him he's like hey man um, i think i'm going to or i'm going to do my thesis on this festival here and Josh was like i can't tell if you're kidding or not yeah he gets and, really pissed <laughs> yeah and then Christian's like i'm not kidding like i'm doing this and Josh just like berates him he's just like i've been doing this Like, you know this is what I want to do. You don't care. He's like, you know, I don't know. He just starts yelling at him. They included a joke in there, which I don't get it because I'm not an anthropologist or whatever about JSTOR. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. I was wondering that too. Yeah, in the interview with Ari Aster, whenever he said there's going to be a director's cut, he's like, I had this really good joke about JSTOR in there where... He's like, you didn't even know how to use JSTOR until I told you, and then everyone like laughed. And he's like, so that's going to be in the director's cut. And then it was in there. Yeah, and I was like, so I don't know what that means. JSTOR is a digital library of academic journals, books, and primary sources. It's so I guess it's just like assumed. an
1: academic source. Yeah.
0: Um, so I guess that's funny that like the dudes getting his PhD and doesn't know yeah. how to use something like and that. And if you know um, what that
1: is, it's probably pretty funny to hear. Yeah. But I didn't um, know what that was either.
0: I'm same. Thank you for looking it up. But essentially they have that argument. And then at the end, Christian's like, you know what? I'm open to collaborating. So if you want to, then that's fine. Um, and like later on, Pele, like he's like, hey, I talked to the elders and they'll let you guys do your thesis about this, but you have to change names and you can't even hint to the location. And um, he tells Josh about it first and Josh is like, okay, cool. Um, you know what? Me and Christian will talk about it. And then it, Christian walks, he walks up. up, and he, up says, yeah. <laughs> he says the same thing to Christian. Christian's like, oh, awesome. And then he's like, yeah, me and Josh are already or are going to collaborate we already talked about it and Josh was like what the heck no we didn't um which I thought was funny Um, I like how how awkward it gets between Christian and Josh (laughs) it's also (laughs) funny that like obviously there is a (laughs) something's going on here like Danny knows something's going on here Christian knows it he's just being negligent yeah he's just ignoring it yeah um and they are arguing over their thesis when, like, this is actually a life or death matter. Like, if you weren't arguing over that, you could probably survive this movie. Yeah, exactly. But
1: They're distracted by that, and that's really what kind of brings them down. Exactly. Because um, if it weren't for the thesis, I think Christian
0: would, would leave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, and if it wasn't... If he didn't have the chance of exactly, having sex with his 15-year-old. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh so i guess we'll go into josh's demise yes he goes into they have like this library with this book that, that's The that's their religious the ruby rotter story. yeah and they show it and we can't read it so it's a bunch of symbols and then on top of it it just has paint um and it's from some Fucked up looking person, Reuben,
1: the inbred yeah. child that writes their religious <clears throat> texts for them. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Which also, whenever I look this up on Rotten Tomatoes, whenever you like click on it, the image is literally of that person's face. Yeah, I was like, it shows him like twice in the movie. Like, He's barely even in it. Yeah. And
1: whenever um, whenever Christian and Maya are having sex later in the movie, he is in that room just laying on his bed watching.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Feel like off in the, the corner, dude. it's so weird. Yeah. Um, but he goes into that room and he starts taking pictures of the book so he can have them for his thesis, I guess. Big no no. And like I said, like there's a reflection, and you see like someone walking in behind him, and then just whack! They hit him on the head with something. You hear him like moaning. You can like see his brain. Yeah. Um. And then it cuts to the person who did it. And it's not very obvious who it is. At least I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it is Mark. It's his skin. Yeah, S- somebody Someone has skinned his, his skin face. over their face. Yeah. Because
1: um, Josh even
0: calls out for him. He's like, Mark, what are you doing
1: here? Because he yeah. thinks it's him at first whenever he's kind of still obscured. Yeah, that's and true. And the person comes up from behind him and wha!
0: Yep. Um, and then, so that's when you find out, oh, Mark's dead. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, this is probably what's happening to Josh as well. Um, And later on you do see, I think it's a foot? Or maybe it's a hand. Um, Josh is the only black character, so it shows like a black foot. I think it's his
1: foot sticking out of the dirt. Yeah, Yeah.
0: sitting out of the garden. Which, um, actually, we'll keep going before I have an idea okay. just so it doesn't spoil anything um so then after that it's just danny and christian who are alive and they both they're like okay we have stuff for you guys to do today or they're like the book's missing that's what it is they're like hey guys the book's missing and your friends are also not here and danny and josh or danny and christian christian's like We are not collaborators or connected with him in any way. (laughs) He says, like, we're not friends with him. Yeah. Um, And then they're like, okay, well, Danny, we have like an event for the ladies today that we want you to be a part of. So go with this lady and, you know, go cook or whatever. And then for Christian, it's like, and Christian, Siv wants to see you in her house. And, like, it's just a house sitting there all alone and he's just like um okay um and he goes in there and the mom is basically like you've been approved to mate with my daughter who's the redhead Maya um and it's like real awkward very because and she's like yep you guys are astrological matches um and she says that they've been approved to mate, but that they would never be approved to be married. Yeah, um, and I don't. She's just like it's just one thing. Like you just have sex with her, and then you're good. Like you're free to go. Um, and he doesn't like say yes or no or anything. Um, he just like goes out to eat at the fest or at the dinner table, which during this time, Danny is being a part of the May Queen festivities, which is, there's this big pole, um, which is like, it's on the cover of the Blu-ray and stuff. Um, so Danny is taking part in the May Queen festivities. Dancing around the pole. Yep. And it's pretty much, hey, drink this tea, which has the mushrooms in it again. So they're all tripping. Um, and then, dance, and the last person standing is the May queen. Um, and I think it's like planned for her to win. Yeah, because um, at the I end, so. the
1: other two women that are remaining, they like bump into each other, and oh yeah. no, it, it looks all over. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> and then she's just standing there, like what? And they're like, "You won!" And everybody comes and hugs her, um, and. They put on, like, her hat, her crown or whatever. Yeah, flower a crown. Yep. And then she's, like, sitting at the um, head of the table and Christian's sitting there. Like, he's down at the end or whatever. Um, and he's very high as well or, you know, influenced. Um, and I think he turns – I don't know what he says yeah. to the guy next to him. He says something next to, to the old guy next to him and the old guy next to him just looks at him claps right in his face and then like the, the background starts swirling that. and he's just like oh god what's <laughs> yeah, happening and he's just like what is going on um, and then they like come in a carriage and pick Danny up she like goes off in the carriage or whatever and then he like turns around and there's a girl leading flowers straight to where he is He's just like, what the heck is going on? And then, you know, he gets up and starts following the flowers. And then he goes in there, and... (laughs) And there she is. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know Her and,
1: like, 15 other people.
0: Yeah, so it's Maya, the teenage girl. She's, like, laying on the floor naked. And then it's a bunch of older women standing around her naked. Yeah, this is where the movie becomes... pretty inaccessible
1: for most people i think <laughs> yeah i think that um, if you're watching this with people who aren't prepared for it this is where it would get shut off honestly and this is where i love it like this <laughs> yeah. is so
0: unique and twisted never seen anything like it it is truly like depraved it's, yeah it's a type of horror that it's like this is funny but you have to be dark to like realize yeah. that this is funny um and so, essentially, she spreads her legs and it's like, hey, dude, come on in here. And Christian, it's full frontal nudity. Um, in the interview with him, he said, like, that was a requirement for him. Like, he, he wanted that. Like, he was like, this character is, like, so masculine and all that stuff, like, I don't know, this is a way to make him appear naked and more vulnerable. yeah um, And then, yeah, he just goes and starts having sex with the lady, and like she starts moaning, and, and all the rest all do. the older women start moaning, That's the and thing, then yeah, it's like communal. like all the emotions that
1: are felt by people in this mm-hmm. cult are felt by everyone else, whether they're crying exactly. or laughing,
0: whatever, they all are always behaving in the same way. Yeah, um, and one of the ladies... (laughs) One of the ladies comes around, puts her hands on his ass, and starts, like, shoving to assist him. Um, Add some force, I guess. I don't know. And you can tell, like, the faces he makes in this scene... It's hilarious. It's so funny. Oh, man, I want to rewatch it right now. Um, But anyways, he... He's having sex with her, and then it shows Danny coming back on her carriage like they go and like plant something it's like meat, egg I don't know what that was about Um, I'm sure in probably a more extended cut they go into another ritual Um, but it's kind of cut short here you don't really know exactly what they do I think there's still quite a few missing pieces yeah Um, but anyway she comes back and gets out of the carriage like hey we're going this way And she just hears, like, moaning, and she's like, what's that? They're like, that's not for you. And then she goes on over. Yeah, she starts walking over, and they're like, I really think you shouldn't. But she does anyways. um, And she goes, and she peeks through the keyhole, and it's her boyfriend and our room full of naked ladies moaning. um, And that's, like, her breaking point. She just breaks down starts sobbing all the girls run over to her. They, like, hug her. They take her over to, like, the room where they all stay in so that she's not near that. And then it's just her, like, sobbing on the yeah, ground. sobbing and, and it's screaming, like, and they all a, do it along yeah, with her. exactly. It's the communal thing you were talking about. Like, it's so rhythmic how they do it. It's like, uh, oh, uh, oh, ugh, oh. And, like, I guess this is the part where I'll bring up, like, the contrasting relationship again um because pele at one point he brings up for her birthday or whatever he like has a picture of her that he drew yeah um and then he's like danny do you feel held like with christian do you feel like he's holding you like are you like do you even love him and you can tell she's like I don't know. She doesn't respond. She's just yeah. like... He's grabbing her hand. And she she's doesn't like, want to say no. Yeah, and she's like, Christian could walk in. Um, and he's like, this is exactly what I mean. Like, Yeah. I, you know, there's no warmth to and your relationship.
1: Pele always tries to be there at the very right times, too. Exactly. Um, like he's always trying to make up for it and make it, him and that
0: place feel more loving to her than Christian does. Yeah. Which isn't very and, hard to do. Yeah. She also, like when he wishes her happy birthday, she's like, yeah, you know, Christian forgot. And then when Christian finally reminds her, it's like, yeah, Pele told him, like, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then another time after the attest Chupan, she's like, she's walking away and is like, okay, I need, like, a moment to think. And Christian's like, okay, yeah, go over there, be alone for a minute, and, like, just collect yourself. And it's every moment he gets where she needs someone he's like yeah just go be alone with your thoughts like whenever she freaks out about her family when they're high he's just like yeah just go walk it off yeah Um, and he stays there with his friends and to contrast that the entire cult i guess literally all of them every moment they get it's it makes her feel warm um you know like they're sobbing or she's sobbing and that makes them sob like they relate to her pain and they you know I don't know I think that also speaks to the fairy tale part of this like the whole time she has all these people that don't care about her and then she finally gets in and she's in this community where people care about her and love her and like it's a happy ending yeah
1: it's a happy ending for her even though they kill all of her
0: friends yeah they like weren't her real friends none of them cared about her yeah none of them did care about her um, and now she's surrounded by all these people like when she feels sad they feel sad for her yeah um, and yeah it's awesome um, and then so I guess after that dude she puts on that huge dress oh that is one of the best
1: like props of all time whoever was um, in charge of wardrobe for this movie did an incredible job
0: yeah 10,000 silk flowers yep. and then... They auctioned it off for sixty-five thousand. Say, I wish I had sixty-five thousand dollars. I would have bought that. Same. Just want that display in my house. Oh. I don't even have anywhere to display it. It'd probably just hang up in my freaking closet. Yep. But it's yeah. incredible. It, it
1: like take whenever they show her. It like takes up the whole frame. Exactly. So all the focus is on her.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And also like the dress is breathing like the flowers are breathing like 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 in and out so cool yeah um geez love that dress but anyways i don't even know if you can call it a dress it's like it's really not it like totally
1: surrounds her (laughs) it's like like you you see her walking in it but she it's like labor like she can hardly move
0: yeah to me just looking i'm looking at my bed over here you cut a hole in your bed you put it around like your waist <laughs> and you have and then to you move walk. that whole thing yeah. yeah except it's made of beautiful flowers yep um yeah i don't know but so she's in that and they start to do their final ritual for midsummer and that is they have this huge pyramid that they said is forbidden and you see them like they wheelbarrow connie over there um it shows, like, all the dead bodies, like... They make... The Mark character, they put his skin around, like, straw. Yeah, so he's like, like a, a scarecrow, kind of. Yeah. And he's, like, very... He looks like a deflated balloon. It's yeah. Like, it's not um, really him. It's, it's his weird.
1: skin, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Um, and then... They have... Do you know who the two old people were? Because it had a gray-haired lady... And, like, a bald dude, I think. But it couldn't have been the people that jumped off the cliff because our faces were caved in. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't know. I wonder if they... I was wondering that, too, because I didn't know. I should have looked it up. Yeah. um, Which, also, Ari Aster's, like, pretty secretive about his meanings for his movies because, like, the panels I was watching, anytime someone's like, yeah, was this what you meant? And he's like you know it might have been it's like seriously whatever you think if that makes you happy then go with yeah it.
1: um I, I like when directors are like that
0: <laughs> yeah so i think i'm looking at it as it was them um just so the audience would understand that you know yeah. you had to give them a face because like i don't know it'd just be like a body with no head or maybe you they like know who that was
1: sewed them back together or something i don't know yeah <laughs>
0: um I don't, yeah, I don't know who else it could be. And it's all of her friends in there. And then it's two tributes, I guess, two people that yeah. volunteered. Ingemar, um,
1: who was Pele's brother. Yep. And Which I is was actually a his brother. Ingemar Bergman. A reference to Ingemar yep. Bergman, yeah. I
0: thought so. Um, and then Ulf, I think, was his name. Um, he is also in there, and they're, like, alive. They give them this medicine. They're like, hey, you won't feel the thing. Um, you don't know what's going to eh, go on. It didn't work. Like, hey, you yeah, uh, which is really <laughs> funny because, like, yeah. essentially they're going to burn this pyramid and everybody that's in it, which most people are dead other than them two, and one other person. We'll get to that. Yes. Um, and, yeah, they're like, hey, you won't feel the thing, and then as soon as the fire hits Ulf, like, he starts screaming, and Ingmar, he's like, wait, what? Oh, no. Like, yeah, <laughs> he catches on fire and is dead. Um, but, yeah, before that, they ask Danny, like, she's up there in her dress, and they're like, okay, they drew one person from random. They had, like, a raffle thing. Um, and they drew it, and it was just some guy. And then it was like, or you can choose one of the outsiders, and the only one left alive was Christian. Um, And it doesn't show her answering, but then after that it shows a bear suit, and they're like cleaning out the interior of it. They're like, okay, we got to take out the intestines. And Christian's sitting in a wheelchair. He's paralyzed. They like blew dust into his face. Um, And later it just shows christian in a bear suit <laughs> in a bear suit yep paralyzed sitting in the middle of the pyramid um yeah and then they just light it on fire light and it up yeah all the people are screaming to about that? i i really like
1: the contrast between the bear suit and the flower dress
0: yes because it's um, like they
1: both end their story in these like elaborate costumes that are so mm-hmm. over the top and I also loved how as the um, the temple
0: is burning, mm-hmm. everybody outside is screaming as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, Danny's screaming. Everyone else is screaming. Like, that's another moment where they're, like... It's all felt together. Yeah. Um, and at the end, like, you see, like, she's screaming. She's sad. Like, she's dragging it across the floor. She's, like, coughing, retching. Um, and then I guess, like, after that, she realizes, like, holy crap, like, this community's here for me, like, they feel everything I feel, and it's, like, her, like, laughing, she's happy, she's crying. Yeah. I don't know, that close up.
1: the shot of the temple burning kind of fades into her, and her smiling.
0: Yeah, and it's, like, twisted, but also it's the fairy tale like it's a happy ending for her yep. those people are gone and she has this new community she's um, totally assimilated yeah um, pretty awesome so let me look see if there's any other thing I wanted
1: oh uh, we didn't talk about Simon his death yeah, yeah. Oh, that, the, the blood eagle is what that's called, and you can tell okay. that his lungs are still breathing yeah. out, so he is still alive with his back torn open like that. I whenever. didn't know
0: that. See, I thought it, I assumed it was his lungs because they were moving. Yeah, um, but I wasn't positive. That does actually go to the last thing I had. Um, when my friends were here, they said it's. Like, these sacrifices are all for something. So, like, you see... I just want to get your opinion on it, because I can't think of all of them. But, um, like, Josh's foot is in the garden. So, he was sacrificed for... Um, for like, you for know, the earth. Like, probably yeah. for,
1: like, the uh, the crops to grow and, and stuff like that. And then
0: Simon was hanging up in, like, the livestock area with, like, cows and pigs. So, he was there for the animals. Um, I... I'm not sure which other ones. Like, I don't know if Christian was there for like fertility. Pro- like,
1: I would think probably because yeah. they say that it's for her to have the baby with him. Yeah, you know. Um and um, like Connie's in the water. Yeah. So probably like an elemental type thing. I would think. Like you got
0: the earth. Mark, you got the water. Mark was like a scarecrow. He had he was full of straw. I wonder if his like crops probably of just their. Fruits that, and veggies. That's one thing where like I get astronaut wanting to elaborate
1: on all that, but it would be yeah. kind of interesting to say and not like just spell it all out, but to have a little mm-hmm. bit more of an inkling of okay, so this is what each person's death meant to these yeah,
0: people. I think it obviously like, means something to the people. Exactly. Um I think he could have spelled it out just by doing like at the end, a picture of all of their bodies, like where they are. And so like it would have them taking Connie out of, like, the water, and yeah. then it'd have them, like, burying uh, Josh in the garden, you know, stuff you, like that. you
1: kind of just get that where they're taking them to the temple. You don't really yeah. see it everywhere else, or when you see Josh's leg
0: buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was something I didn't notice until my friends brought it up. Like, I did notice, like, Josh, his leg was in the garden, so I assumed it was... A sacrifice for fertility, yeah. Or not for, uh, for I don't know, their fruits and veggies, um, flowers. I don't know. But other than that, I didn't really think of the other ones yeah. until after they mentioned it. It's an interesting and then now point. We're talking about it. I hadn't yeah. thought about it that way either. Really. Yeah, but I mean, it makes sense. Like it's a they're sacrificing them for a reason. They're not just doing it to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all part um, of
1: their like background
0: yeah and so this also the endings similar to hereditary in multiple ways but like i think in one way both of these it's kind of crazy if you just imagine a world um after this yeah like there's no way danny can leave no i think
1: she's there for good
0: yeah and i i think she would live a happy life like her and Pele would be together yeah. Um, and she would actually have a family because like you know before this after her family died she had no one other than Christian and then maybe that friend she talked on the phone to or something yeah. um, real that's sad, the thing so. is like
1: she doesn't really have a family to go
0: back to so yeah. who's really gonna think oh where'd she go yeah exactly Um, so I like that and there's another thing I like about movies like this is there's no room for a sequel like no not at all i that's the one thing these days is anytime there's a good movie everyone's just wants a sequel and what i like about this and hereditary is like there's no room for a sequel that doesn't just like spell everything out yeah like that would ruin the magic of these
1: both of these endings just have total finality
0: like, yeah, are there things
1: that would be cool to know, yes, but do we need to go any further? Not at all, mm-hmm. yeah, so. like we don't need to see Danny living there with those people helping exactly. them with the rituals next year, you know, we don't need that,
0: yeah, and we don't need to see, I guess the only thing that happens is just the exact same rituals, just yeah. different characters, like do they um, just rebuild that temple every year, I guess, I guess so, um I don't know. It's, I like like you said the finality of these of Ari Aster's movies and like I said I hope his next movie doesn't have to do with grief as much yeah, um, same. I, I kind of want to see him evolve from this point yeah I don't remember if we talked about it in the hereditary episode but like he announced someone said what his next movie is going to be and it's like a four hour nightmare
1: comedy yeah, yeah we comedy. we touched on it last time. Okay,
0: I thought so. Um, Which sounds incredible. Yeah, I, I am ready for that. Yeah, hopefully COVID didn't put doesn't push it back too far. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But I want with Ari Aster, I definitely want more Florence Pugh and more Tony Collette. Yes, I, mean, I they were incredible in this. I think, or I guess, new actresses and actors. Yeah. That, Will introduce me to those people because I didn't know Florence or Tony Collette until I watched his movies, and now I'm just a huge fan of both. Yeah,
1: they're both incredible.
0: Yeah, I think he's just um, good
1: at pushing actors to their limits. Yeah, and I think he's, he's. going to continue to do that. I don't think like we'll see him bring either of them back for a future movie or anything. I think he's going to want to keep no. doing
0: yeah, new things more. Yeah. Um. So, do you have anything else to touch on? midsummer before we wrap it up because i wanted to talk about the strange thing about the johnsons real quick um if you're done with midsummer i i am
1: i just want to say everybody needs to watch it i mean if you have if you've listened this far and you haven't then what are you doing but
0: yeah it's just awesome
1: Um, i can't wait to see what he does next
0: and please write in with your opinions on this because i know this is very this is going to be controversial kind of like the shining um not everybody's going to love it, but I'd love to hear everyone's opinions and if you think I'm wrong and you think me and Kane are wrong, then, you know, let us know. Yeah. Tell us um, what you think. Yeah. So, real quick, did you end up watching The Strange Thing About the Johnsons? Unfortunately, I haven't. Okay. Um <laughs> you
1: you can talk about it if you'd like though cuz I I've I've got the gist of what happens, so don't worry about spoiling
0: it for me. Okay. Um So, it's Ari Aster's... It's one of his shorts that he directed. It's 30 minutes long. um, And it's twisted. Kind of like this, but not on like a cult perspective, but from a family perspective. um, It is about a father and a son who, I guess, are in love with each other. And they have sex. And... It's so twisted. Um, Instead of the father being the dominant figure in that relationship, it's the son. Like, the son rapes his dad. And it's so twisted. That's fucked up. I I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) don't know what else to say. (laughs) Yeah, it (laughs) definitely is. Um, I sent my mom his other short, the Munchausen, and I almost sent her this one, but I was like, I don't know. This one's just weird. Yeah. Like I don't recommend it to people, but I definitely do at the same time. If you if you like the twistedness that is Hereditary Midsummer, then check out The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. It's on YouTube. That
1: sounds crazy.
0: When did that come yeah. out? I know that it was it was before Hereditary, right? Oh yeah. Um it was like uh like 2010 or something. Okay. It was a while back. Um I do not have that pulled up. I think it was 2010. Okay. Or 2012. The number eight keeps popping in my head. Okay. Either 2008, 2010, or 2012. Before Hereditary. I'm, that's yeah. all that matters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was at like the NYU Film Festival, I think. Um, I don't know. It's it really good. So, with that being said... Thank you for being on again, Kane. Yeah, thank you for having I, me again. It's always a good time. Unfortunately, there are no other Ari Aster movies that we can do. Yep, not but yet, just let anyway. me, Yeah, just <laughs> let me know anything else you want to do, and we'll do it. Definitely, I will. I'll be thinking of things. Yeah. Definitely, I want to um, come back. So, I'll let you um, promote your stuff again. Oh, it, rating. Oh yes, rating three, easy three
1: yeah thank you for reminding me <laughs> yeah they're, um like with hereditary i mean it, there's nothing i could give it other than a three it's just it's that good exactly if i gave it um, a two i'd be like no no way it's much better than that
0: yeah i'm still getting a lot of heat for giving scream a two but i standing by it by um i but i would stand by you with that too i wouldn't give scream a three no oh way. man, no what? You're gonna get everybody's gonna be roasting you now. <laughs> I get so many texts. Hey, I welcome it. it. I welcome it. Tell me well, what you think. You um, but anyways, I'll let you um promote your website, your band, whatever you yeah, want. thank you. And then I'll say what's next, what my recommendation is, but um all this stuff you're gonna talk about is gonna be in the show notes anyway, so cool. Yeah. Um
1: Like last time, I've got the same two things to promote. I've got my film review website, ShotReverseShotFilm.com, where you can read my thoughts on new movies that come out. Unfortunately, there hasn't been a ton to review, but I'm hoping to watch a couple of the new streaming movies here soon and get those out for everybody. And also my band, A Modest Proposal. I play bass, and you guys should check us out on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to music.
0: Yeah, and thank you for promoting stuff. Um, I love helping other people get their stuff out there. I appreciate my it. For listeners or however many I'm up to now. Hey, um, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, which also, like, everybody, I get asked all the time, like, how many people listen. I actually don't really know. Um, this is just something that I can do for fun. I don't care how many people listen. Um, it's also a way to for me to work on just talking to people being more open talking about movies so that's a great thing yeah if anybody if that interests anyone that they want to try doing that then you know let me know you can hop on for an episode uh, you should so, it's a lot of fun i highly recommend it, it. thank you um, my recommendation if you like midsummer is going to be the wicker man from 1973 directed by robin hardy it's also just like a cult and this guy shows up, and he's trying to investigate what's going on, and there's sacrifices, all that fun stuff that we love here on Friends with Benefits. Um, next week, I think this is what we're gonna do. I didn't. We talked about it maybe last week or two weeks ago, and I didn't confirm with him. So if it changes, I'll tweet it out. I guess, but. Um, my friend and co-worker Leo Martinez is going to be on for Parasite oh yeah. I, oh
1: man I can't I, wait for that
0: I've been waiting for it I just got the Criterion came in um, Nice. so excited to watch that and all the special features I've already got it on Blu-ray but I'm definitely double dipping I'm getting the Criterion too yeah now I'm like it was for sale on Amazon the 4k was for $10 yeah and I almost bought it. I almost did too. I had it in my cart and I was like, you know what? 4K is going to be nice but I got to get the (laughs) Criterion. Exactly. Um, So I didn't buy it. I probably will end up buying it because I have a problem but oh well. Oh man, I have Um, a problem too. Yep. So I guess before we go I'll just name out the stuff that I name out. Um, Email friendswithcinefits at gmail.com Twitter, at CinefitsPod, and NotABombPodcast.com. You can find us and the lovely guys at NotABomb. I guess I should mention, um, on November 10th, <clears throat> so this episode will be out by now, or by then. But you can find me on NotABomb. I was on there for 2000s Ready to Rumble. Um. Some people would say it's a bad movie. <laughs> Most people would actually say it's a bad movie, and I probably would too, but it's so much fun. I got to go back to my wrestling roots. There's an awesome background on it, so check that out. Check out their podcast, and I'm gracious that they let me on and let me do this podcast on their website. So. Um, everybody thank you for listening and Kane, thank you so much for joining I can't wait to hang out with you in person in like a month when yes. I'm in Indiana I can't wait for that either that's going to be a lot of fun I'm looking yep. forward to it yep so thanks again and everybody thank you for listening bye